With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're recapping the running Utes basketball season. Looking ahead to spring football with the Utes. Current Utah football commit, Cam Gardner. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. What's up, buddy? So basketball season has come and gone. The final four is upon us. The ball is tipped. And there it is. <laughs> it's there you are. Looking out the window. <laughs> Scott, don't quit is your day Larry job. looking out the window as the ball gets tipped? Watching from a distance. So Utah finishes the season 17-14, third in the Pac-12. They get bounced in their first game in the Pac-12 tournament to an Oregon team. And just missed out on the CBI. I mean, you kind of just recapped it right there in a nutshell. We didn't even make the NIT. Overachieved. There's your season. Overachieved regular season, which we've come to expect. I mean, they were, what, picked to finish eighth? They finished third, which is great. And then get bounced in the first game again in the tournament. My only argument to that is who do they lose to? I mean, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon was hot, who no made doubt a about sweet it. Sweet 16 and is on the cusp of a, an elite eight. But you, you can't can say, say Oregon. You was, can say that every year. We lose true. to Oregon in the it's dang true. tournament every year. But, and Oregon was, they were hot this year, but you can't say that about them every year. It's, there's something Larry can't coach against Dana Altman. I'm trying to pick my words carefully when we're talking about this basketball team. Larry, Larry can't beat a paper bag in the tournament either <laughs> i mean and and uh, this is not a this is not a, a turning into a larry bashing show yeah but i what he does in the regular season each and every year he deserves credit for he overachieves wherever he's picked he 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 produces a result that is much better the only team that has finished in the top four the last five years in the conference. The only team. So regular season, he's getting the job done. But the problem is even the regular season hasn't been good enough to get us to the postseason, to get us into the NCAA tournament. I mean, we're looking at two trips to the NCAA tournament in eight years. One of those was a Sweet 16. Cut him a little slack. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Alabama. Alabama, what kind of basketball tradition does Alabama have? Roll Tide, roll. Okay, not Very that. little. That was a question for you guys. I remember way back in the day, they were like ranked number one, and Utah beat them in the Huntsman Center. Sure, so every once in a while, they're decent, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't have some great history as a member of the SEC. Wait, they just fired Avery, Avery Johnson. Johnson. Avery Johnson, 
because he had not gotten them to the tournament. This is Alabama, folks. This is happening all across the country. If you're not producing, you're not keeping your job. Here, here's the problem, though. I think I think Larry would be replaced for that same reason, except Chris Hill gave him way too much money, and, the, and Utah can't afford to do it right Chris now. Chris Hill and uh, the late uh, Mr. Huntsman. He was a big Larry fan. There's no doubt about that. He was enamored with Larry, and I'm sure he had some sway. In, in giving Larry that contract because he, he wanted, he wanted to lock Larry up. He did not want to lose him. Especially that, after that Sweet 16. Yeah, after the Sweet 16. So, you know, and it, it is what it is. We, we've got to deal with it. But, and, and, and let's be honest. I, I really like Larry. I, I think he's a good coach. He runs a clean program and, and I like him. I want him to be successful here. But that's it. I want him to be successful. <laughs> this is the job is not getting done, and we've got to see some progress. And getting into the NIT, or not even good enough to get into the NIT, that's not good enough. That's that's not acceptable. But I think going into the season, though, that was kind of expected. It was expected. Why? Why was it expected? Transfers, because. We didn't have high expectations. We didn't have the players that could get us there. I mean, his recruiting over the last several years and then the number of quality players that have left the program have really is really where it, this is all what it boils down to. Well, we'll look at look at the backcourt for uh, for this team. Last year, we thought we had Hendricks and Charles Jones, the Juco All-American Juco Player of the Year. We thought these guys were going to be our backcourt, and for the next two to three years, at least two years with uh, with uh, um, Charles Jones, that these guys were going to be it. Well, Hendricks leaves how many games into the season? Charles Jones can't get off the bench, and he's gone. So now you're starting over with your backcourt again. And it just it happens all the time. But I don't think the Charles... J- Charles Jones was a mess. It was a mess. It was a mess. And and a lot of times guys just can't translate from JC Ball to Division 1. I'm not going to put that on Larry. No. The, a lot of the transfers I am though. You're not going to you're not going to hit on every guy you get. I I get that. I and I agree wholeheartedly on that. I'm just surprised you got the Juco player of the year and he can't get off the bench in a bad Pac-12 conference? Yeah, that is surprising. That's bad. That's that's not good. And and look, the transfer thing has been hounded to death, and you fans are sick of talking about it. They're sick of listening to it. They're sick of it happening. But that's the reality of college basketball. You know, this is not happening only to Utah no, it's and not. to Larry. But but in that but in that same breath, you have if you're gonna lose players, you've gotta have a coaching staff that can go out and bring replacements in, and that's not happening. No. No, and, and you look at this class, and we've got some talented guys coming in, but but I'm not sure any of them. This is what scares me. I think if these guys stick around, they've got they've got a chance to be really good, but it's not going to be next year. I think it's going to take a lot of these guys that are coming into the program in this next recruiting class. It's going to take them a couple of years to really be pretty darn good. 
I don't. I just don't see any of them coming in and dominating from day one. Now, obviously, uh, the point guard from uh, from Olympus, Ryland Jones. Ryland Jones. Now he's he's going to have an opportunity to come in and play from day one, and he's little, but he is he's tremendous. He's he's got ball skills. He can he can pass. He can create, and he's a pretty good scorer. My, my only concern is how. Going up against the organs of the world with that type of length and as small as he is, how does that affect him? But I'm I'm interested to see how he, how he pans out and and what we get out of him. But my question is, does Larry have the time to watch a lot of these guys develop? Because these aren't all these aren't McDonald's All Americans coming in next year and just can be great in year one. It's going to take some time. Yeah, the closer he gets to the end of his contract, and, he, and if he doesn't produce, that buyout becomes smaller, and his window becomes smaller. So, yeah. well, I think that would be the interesting thing because if it continues this trend, Larry won't have a lot of bargaining chips that he can play when it comes to a new contract. Oh and no, he's I mean, not going to be able to get you know the three point three million that he's making now a year. His if only, his only on. chips are getting the NCAA tournament in the future, because there's an AD in town who did not hire him. It's not his coach, and I can guarantee you, Harlan knows and is hearing the sentiment among Ute fans mm-hmm. that this is unacceptable. So, so Larry's got to produce, and the staff has got to produce. And that's the one thing I want to talk about, because um, when we were all three of us were at the NCAA tournament at at Salt Lake City down at, at Vivint. Scott, you and I had this conversation on what Utah needs to do, you know, to get from a 17 and 14 team to the next level where they're consistently challenging to get into the NCAA tournament. You want to know the answer? Start cheating. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and, I'm, and I'm not kidding you. <laughs> that Yes, but legally, what, well, the one thing we talked about was the staff. The guys that Larry has brought in, they're good guys. I'm I'm not I, I wanna be respectful. I'm not calling for anyone's jobs. But there's no new blood. They've all been there same time as Larry, all eight years. And really, they're all the same type of personality as Larry. And I think that's why we there are struggles with guys transferring. Cause there's a certain way that Larry handles things. He's not a player's coach by any means. And the guys on his staff, which is okay, fit, which okay. is perfectly fine, perfectly fine. But you got to have some player coaches on your staff to kind of help balance that out. Well, I, I think what you need is you need your assistants have got to be able to recruit. Sure, you want you want assistants that that they can coach these players up and they can develop them and 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 just improve their overall game. And you've got to have that to an extent. But you have to have guys that can go out and get players. Players, what does Whittingham say all the time? It's all about the players. Mm-hmm. It's about recruiting. You can be a great coach, but if you've got average talent, there's only so far you can take them. You, I mean, look at Bruce Pearl. I mean, he's as shady as you can get out. and But the guy knows how to get players. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You look at the coaches that have success, they recruit. They know how to get the job done. You have to get players, and if you don't get players, then you have to be the elite of the elite um, as a coach to take that, quote-unquote, average talent 
and turn it into something special. It well, doesn't happen all that often. No, but look at I mean, Shashevsky. Shish- he's 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 the coach of all coaches. But he gets. I mean, Duke is the name, obviously, and that attracts everything. But he can coach, and he gets the players. And Larry is not getting the players. <laughs> and no, he he's proven to a certain extent that he can coach because he overachieves every season. But when the three of us sat down there at the tournament and watched Gonzaga, watched Auburn, watched Kansas, these guys, they're big, they're strong, they're athletic. Utah is nowhere near. Dude, dude, well, they, and those are they, like, and I don't mean to cut in front of you, Scott, but those are our top-notch programs sure, right now, right? Sure. And And I don't think any of us are, are claiming that Utah is near that. You know, these are top 20 teams. Utah's not a top 20 team. But the other teams, those lower seeds that were there, they're still ahead of Utah right now. Well, yeah, Northeastern but, would have beaten but, Utah. But, but why should Auburn have the players that they have versus what we can do, what we can offer? I mean, Auburn's not known as a basketball school. It's their first Final Four. It's their first Final You look at dudes that are not even getting playing time. They look like they're NFL linebackers. I think it goes back to your point, though, Scott, is it's all about recruiting. It's you got to get players. You have to get players. And, I mean, you've got dudes that can get to the rim, that they can finish. you got big guys that have so much athleticism you got, look and, at so Bay- and Baylor strength. Like they, their front court was three guys that could have played middle linebackers somewhere. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and and... I love Jace Johnson, and you know what? Jace has proven a lot of us wrong. He's improved drastically. Definitely improved over but, the season. But he's still a beanstalk out there. You know, you've got to, you've got to get some guys that, obviously, it's easier said than done, because every coach in America is trying to get this type of player, right? But Utah, they've got to get more athletic. They've got to get bigger. I mean, you look at Oregon. Oregon, across the board, Gonzaga looked like an NBA team. Their bigs were ridiculous. Their their wings, their guards, they have so much length and so much athleticism across the board, and that's why teams are producing like they are. Now, granted, you know, you can sit back and say, why is Utah not there? It It's pretty easy to say they're not there because they're not cheating. There's a lot of dirty programs out there, and there's a lot of programs that are getting guys either based off reputation or their coach. And a lot of them are getting them through shady means. We've seen it here in, in our own conference. Arizona, Oregon. Wouldn't surprise me if there's other teams uh, involved doing, uh, doing similar tactics. Um, and it's across, the, it's across the board. So to an extent, unless your program is willing to bend the rules a little bit to go get those types of players, we may just be stuck in, in a situation where we're capped as far as what we can do unless you can find diamonds in the rough like a portal like a delon Wright, that just spring up we're not highly recruited and they they turn into absolute studs and then you got to take advantage of those of those moments but i i I almost think that's the reality of college basketball this at, at this point unless the fbi and the ncaa puts everybody on the same plane gets things back in order, and I have zero confidence that's going to happen. <laughs> so now that Scott's destroyed all of our dreams of a better Utah program. I'm a dream. I'm a dream chaser. I, I saw somebody 
did a poll. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I think it said something in our lifetime, somewhere like in the next 50 years, will we ever see another Utah Final Four? Results were kind of mixed, really 50-50 almost. But I mean, I don't know. I've thought about that recently because 20 plus years ago, we saw that and what a run it was. And we thought, oh, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back in... It never and, it, it, and and you know we we still may at some point, but I remember going up to the Huntsman Center under the Majerus years, and you you looked at our team, and we were superior to our opponents. Mm-hmm. We were we were better athletically, bigger. We were stronger. We had studs. You go you go now, and don't get me wrong. I love as a diehard U fan. I love the guys that we have. They're giving it all they have. But in in most cases, they are not the superior athlete. They are not the superior player towards their opponent. And I think that goes back to to the original point of recruiting and making changes on the coaching staff. Yeah, I, Scott, when we were watching the games, and Vivint, I think you made the point. No one is coming after these assistant coaches. That's telling. Well, I mean, you you've got these guys who. They've been with Larry, and 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 one could argue that that consistency in the coaching staff is is there's value to that. Another person could argue, well, why are they still here? Because nobody else has come and hired them away. Is there a reason for that? I wonder. You know, I I, I I'm not I'm not willing to. I don't know enough about all these coaches to know whether or not they're getting the job done. But I do know you got to get some ace recruiters. That they can go out and get studs in here and get some athletes, you know. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at as a U fan. Let's take some chances. Let's go get athletes and let's see if they can develop. Instead of going and getting the 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 good player now, let's go get some absolute athletes and turn them into studs. All right, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> He's not done. He'll be back. I will be back. So I do want to say that go out and get some studs. They did have Tajmel Sherman out of Collin County Junior College. And he's could be a big-time recruit. A kid that could come in here, play right away. But again, can, can, can J.C. Ball translate to Division One? I, sometimes they're hit and miss. It's, it's we see it in miss. football a lot. We see it in basketball. But at least... The future could be bright, right? What we were saying with with Jones coming in, if they're able to lock up uh, Sherman, it, it could get better. But let's go back to this season as we're we're trying to wrap this this whole season up. Was it a success for you guys? Was the season a success? A success? That's hard. That's hard to really say. I mean, because in some ways, yeah, you're you're picked to finish eighth, and you end up finishing third. So that's that that's success as far as the regular season goes. But the problem was he still didn't do anything out of conference, at least anything good enough that uh, they could get you in a position for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the only chance they had of going to the tournament was winning the the Pac-12 tournament and we all knew how that was going to end. Well, but you, you you didn't yeah, I mean you you had some you had some quality non-conference opponents from Kentucky to uh Unfortunately, we didn't get to play Seton Hall in the in the in the preseason tournament because um, we lost <laughs> prior <laughs> to that opportunity. Um, so, I mean, there there 
there were some opportunities there to get some decent wins, but the, as a whole, the conference is just frowned upon right now. So finishing third in the Pac-12 is really not an accomplishment because mm-hmm. the Pac-12 is garbage and everybody knows it. But see, I'm going to disagree with that because, well, then what else do you want him to do? What do you want Larry and the team to do? They can only play in the conference that they're in. Oh, oh of course. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that they, they need to jump ship. All I'm saying is, you better be really good in this down conference, and then you better be really good in the conference tournament, which they've yet to be in a number of years now. And unless you're going to be spectacular in conference, you've got to get out of conference wins, and you've got to get some high profile wins out of conference. And until they start doing that, you know, I think we're NIT bound. I mean, historically, Utah basketball is, is, always been very good and then and they get picked in the bottom of the Pac-12 most of the years and and they finish higher but if 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 it's true that the Pac-12 is down it's true <laughs> then then based off of history alone Utah should be finishing in the top 2 well and I mean, there's all this talk about finishing in the top four, so you can get a you can get a buy in in the tournament. Well, what is that? Well, gotten us? we've got three straight buys in the tournament and have lost in the first game. So you, again, it's results. You just got to get results. And whether you need to turn into a Gonzaga and a Nevada and just go and just start replacing your roster with grad transfers. Then I mean you gotta they gotta find they gotta find a formula that's gonna work or there's gonna be a new uh, a new uh, a new coach up on the hill I think in the next couple of years unless they can figure out what it's gonna take to get to uh, to get that done. Ryan, success or not success? Yeah, I'm probably gonna sound like a fence sitter, but <laughs> I mean, we expect nothing less. I know. I mean, I guess I'd probably lean towards not successful because, in my mind, Utah basketball should be participating participating in the NCAA tournament, and they weren't. For me, I you can call me Ryan. I might be a a fence sitter. I'm I'm going to say first half of the season was not a success. They didn't get any big wins, uh, games that they could make a name for themselves. uh, Minnesota. Northwestern, Kentucky, Nevada, they didn't pull it off. But I think conference play was a success. I don't care if the Pac-12 is down. You can only play in the conference that you're in. And on games that they had to win to stay in the top four, they did. Yeah, they did some good things this year. There's no doubt about that. But did they do enough? That's, That's where I'm at. I just don't see enough. Well, and I don't think they did enough that Larry deserves a contract extension by any means. They were a Parker Van Dyke miracle shot away from not getting the bye, right? I mean, that yeah. that, that yeah. massive comeback against UCLA when he hit the game winner, that doesn't happen. And they're, they don't get the bye and they probably lose in the first night. So those are our thoughts on the success of the program. We'd love to hear what you have to say. You can hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. So it looks like we have Cam Gardner on the phone. And before we bring him on, we'll let you know that interview is brought to you by Doubletree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City downtown. They're located at 110 West, 600 South. Give them a call at 801-359-7800. Or you can always check them out online at Hilton.com. 
They are the preferred hotel by Pac-12 teams when they come into Salt Lake. So joining us on the phone now is Cameron Gardner, current commit to Utah. Cam, hey, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy night and jumping on with me. No problem. Thank you for having me. So the first question I, I kind of want to talk to you about is you're a senior in high school. You're you know, verbally committed to Utah right now. Signing day you know, was back in February. You're planning on signing in April. Kind of what's going on with that, with, with the backstory of why the signing is in April? Uh, back in February, the recruiting situation was a little difficult. So I wasn't able to sign in February. And then I got presented with the opportunity to play at Utah. So that's why I'll be signing on the 17th. Have you visited Utah at all during your recruiting process? I'll be visiting Utah this weekend, actually. Oh, right on. Who's been your kind of primary recruiter that you've, is there a, a coaching member that you've been in contact with? I've been in contact with Coach Whittingham a lot. He's the recruiting coordinator for Southern California. So he's the one that gave me the opportunity and we've just been texting back and forth and calling. So it's been good. And so how has the recruiting process been? Cause I, I kind of always think that's interesting. Um, you know, I've never was was gifted as an athlete to get recruited. I'm just a short, chubby guy pretty much my whole life. So can you kind of walk through how did that all all go? And and I'm not asking you know you know to talk trash on any other program, but just kind of how did the how did your recruiting process go? Uh, the recruiting process was kind of like a roller coaster. It was up and down. Uh, I received three offers in the summer of my junior year. And then I went through the season, played, did pretty good. And when it came down to signing day, uh, those offers were not present. And so I was not able to sign. And then uh, i just been in contact with my head coach, Coach Rollo, and he talked to Coach Whittingham, and that's when Coach Whittingham gave me the opportunity to be a preferred walk-on at Utah. Utah does a great job at kind of finding those diamonds in the rough. Um, I mean, you can look For at sure. years going past, especially out of Southern California with like an Eric Weddle, you know, someone that was overlooked by a lot of schools, um, and Utah was able able to get him in the program. And, you know, I've watched a ton of your film, freaking dynamic wide receiver, very entertaining, um, love you right off the snap. So, Honestly, like your story, I think, fits with the Utah program. Um, and so that's why I, when I saw that you were getting recruited and you committed and started checking out your stories, I was like, dude, this guy's a Utah player. I think you're going to fit in really well here. You're definitely a, a Utah guy. Um, so I'm definitely excited to have you um, sign in with Utah, just as a fan perspective. This, this past year, uh, you played wide receiver. How did you feel that your senior season went for you? Uh, the beginning, I was still working out some kinks, and then in the second half of the season, things started to pick up, and then I just felt like I was at my best, kind of just going into playoffs and finishing out playoffs and going into our championship game. But overall, I think it was a pretty good season. I'm glad that it ended the way it did. So when, when Coach uh, Winningham reached out to you, what really drove you to, to pick Utah? I just loved the the life after football and the family aspect of, of Utah. Because obviously you can go and play 
college ball wherever you want, whether it's D1, D2, or D3. But what really stood out to me was just just the family aspect and how it's a brotherhood. And I liked what they were talking about, how I can just prosper, you know, in life after after college and after football because football won't last forever. So just them taking care of me and just giving me life tips and just treating me not as a football player, but as just a well-rounded human being. It's just, it was just an incredible feeling. And I just loved it. Just right from talking to coach Winningham. And so you play wide receiver all through um, high school and special teams as well. Uh, a couple of highlights of yours on, on punt return, freaking awesome. Have they, have the coaching staff indicated to you what, uh, when you come into the program, what position you'll be playing? We talked briefly about playing uh, the defensive side of the ball and playing some nickel or some DV. And just my mindset coming into Utah is I just want to play as soon as possible. So wherever the team needs me, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, I'm going to play there. I'm just going to do it to the best of my abilities. Do you know what you're going to be majoring in or any any coursework that you're kind of looking into? I want to go into the medical field. My dream has been to be a pediatrician. So I know it's kind of outdated, but I want to go into the pre-med, you know, cycle and just that path. I don't think they call it pre-med anymore, but I want to go down that path and just get into the medicine part of science and just all that. Dude, that is awesome. You never hear that from, from recruits and football players. That's awesome. I'm telling you. Thank you. I I I I'm just not blowing smoke here. Freaking diamond in the rough. I'm excited uh, to have you. Just as a fan, I'm excited to have you come and join the program. Um, again, I mean, your highlight film, all that. Just, I mean, that stands up for itself. But honestly, you're you're a good human being, a good person, and I, honestly, um, that's what Utah goes after. And I can definitely tell that you are a, a Utah kind of guy. So as you come in, can you just kind of explain to the to the Utah fans what kind of what type of player you are on the field? On the field, you're going to see that dog come out. So when I'm on the field, it's whoever's in front of me is just someone stopping me from my end goal, which is one helping the team win and just you know stopping me from being the best player that I can be. So when I'm on the field. I just have that dominant mentality. I just don't want anyone to stop me. Awesome, Cam. Hey, thanks again for taking time. I know you're a senior in high school. You got homework. You got friends. You got family. And just for you to take some time out of your night to, to chat with me, I really appreciate it. Of course. No problem. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you around at practice, all right? All right. Uh, a big thank you uh, for Cameron Gardner for jumping on um, and talking with me. Honestly, he's a great kid. Uh, you can tell just by that interview, you know, wanting to go into med school, taking his studies really serious. But he is honestly a, a tremendous athlete. And I, I honestly feel he is that type of Utah player, someone that has a lot of talent that's just overlooked um, by a lot of programs. And so I think Utah's very lucky to be able to grab him and bring him into the program. All right, so spring football is upon us. I have to admit, I I was kind of not very excited for football. I mean, I I'm a big football fan, so I was excited. But wash your mouth out. But I was kind of like, oh yeah, it's just football. I mean, if you've been up to practice, holy crap! It 
I want games to start now. I heard a hit 20 yards away and I I'm I'm all in football now. I love it. It's time it's it's time to go, baby. Time to start winning again. So we've been at practice and and honestly, it's been fun. The offense that they're installing, it it's pretty fun to watch it come together. And I know Ludwig said it's only about 50 or 60% installed. But so far, what I'm seeing and what you guys are seeing, I think we all like it. Well, you're, you're seeing a little bit more under center type stuff. Obviously, Ludwig's committed to running the ball. And, and you're seeing some different formations and some, just some different looks. And obviously, you know, everything that they're doing right now is still fairly vanilla. Um, but as you as as they're implementing this office offense, I am I'm excited. I continue to uh, to like this hire of Andy Ludwig more and more as it goes on and on. I think I think we're in a really good position with the depth, with the talent that we have offensively. The biggest question is going to come down to that offensive line, which is where a lot of the concern is right now. Even with three starters coming back is how how fast can this offensive line gel because by all accounts offensive line and our kicker are <laughs> and we can get into in need of some work we'll, we'll get into kicking but with the offensive line I completely agree I think you got to be one unit you got to have that rhythm that gel between you and maybe that will come over the course of the next several months until August uh but th- there is concern there with, with lack of experience what I will say about the offense that that I I really really like is that the guys are excited about it. Huntley has talked about it. I'm sure if everyone's seen the interview with Covey, he's excited about it. I talked to Bradley and I after the scrimmage, and he flat out told me that this offense can kill teams in the Pac-12. And I'm sure maybe that's some home cooking on his part because it's his his teammates on their side of the ball. But to see that level of excitement from guys out of spring ball. I think that's where I'm getting a lot of my excitement from. No, and and, and to an extent, I, I I personally think you need to take some of the comments with a grain of salt because, you know, how many times we have certain players saying you you haven't seen anything yet, and then we <laughs> or I'm the best wide we, receiver in the country. We can't get a first down <laughs> to save our lives, but uh, no, and I I totally get that, and I know it's it's Kool Aid, and I shouldn't be drinking it as much as I am right now. But the fact that they're just excited, I think, is what is promising. Well, that speaking of Kool Aid, so that's the dilemma. Do you have the willpower to not drink the Kool Aid heading into fall camp? I think initially, after Ludwig was hired, I wasn't, like, there was no Kool-Aid for me. I was like, I, I like the hire. There's, they've worked together. Whittingham knows what he's getting. Ludwig knows what Whittingham wants. You know, we've, back in 2008, we saw what his offense could produce with the talent we had then. And the talent we have now, I think, is far surpasses what we had then. So, Looking at it that way, I think there is some Kool-Aid you could drink and like, wow, this this has some potential. Are you drinking or bathing in it, though? <laughs> I mean, you could be I mean, bathing Cam, in it. Cam's sub- almost submerged over I mean, here. I don't know. swimming in no. it. No. All I can see is the top of Cam's straw. He's he's fully engulfed in it. You're right. I mean, you can't... We This will be, what, the fifth season going into the fifth season we've done this podcast or the fourth yeah this is our fifth season and it'll be this 20th straight year we think we're gonna turn the corner offensively exactly (laughs) so i mean how many how many 
how many spring games have we got into and talked about how awesome the offense is going to be? How many fall camps have we got into and talked about how awesome the I offense is I think this be? is the year for A-Rod. I think he's going to turn the door corner. And then by the mid-season, we're like, oh, crap. Why did I ever get my hopes up? <laughs> no, no, and I agree. And I, and I, I think, uh, obviously, you want, you want to tread a little carefully on that. But there's a lot to like. There's a lot. Just the experience factor alone with Ludwig brings peace to my soul. Because this guy's done it. He's, he's done it all across the country in different conferences, different programs, big-time programs. The guy has produced, and he's, and got, he's, a, and he's, he's got a track record well, in doing it. And he has the biggest thing. He's 10 years more experience than he had last time. This is not here. a high school coach. This is not a BYU flameout. This is a guy with experience. And this is not an iPhone offense. No, this is, uh, this is like a... This is like a new technology from China. <laughs> I'm I'm liking it, and yes, I'm sub- at, The more I talk, I think, the, I the, think, the more submerged I'm I, becoming. I, 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 can, I can see the Kool Aid bubbling the Kool-Aid's around Scott fine. now. <laughs> the Kool Aid's fine. It's like a hot tub Kool Aid. Excuse over here. me it's while like... I take this off. <laughs> so while we're all high on the team right now, let's let's really talk about the negative stuff. Yes, the offensive line. We kind of talked about that. A lot of question marks. Kicking game is terrible. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. How is it. that possible? I mean, it is two so years bad. ago, this kid was, was won the job, <laughs> missed his first kick, and we haven't heard from him since. Well, and and if you listen to to Matt Gay's comments that, uh, you know, with him leaving the program, they were not going to miss a beat. But apparently we're missing a beat. Because, uh, yeah, um, we're getting a lot of missed field goals. Special teams have not looked uh, all that special early on. Come on, Sharif. You just took over. <laughs> Let's go. So it, it is really disheartening because I know la- this past week they missed a couple field goals. There was a bad snap. Winningham kicked him off the field, made him go run. Yes, it was Witt. A, I like it. Was, I like the fire. Which, which reports are Wit was livid, like full on cursing that's because scott's boy the long snapper left the team yeah so, our secret weapon maddie maddie golden left maddie golden so you go to the scrimmage and before they they have the scrimmage they you know they they're doing some drills and whatnot and they did the progression for the kickers and the thing that's so odd is that johnson's got plenty of leg it's just his accuracy is off and so i don't know if it's mental or, or what's going on since he got yanked uh two years ago but I will say, if the negative thing we're talking about that everyone's concerned about is the kicking game in spring, I'll take it. That's a good sign. Well, you know, maybe we just get the whip back who goes for it on every fourth down now. We just don't kick field goals. We go for two. By by all accounts, uh, the punting is still uh, magnificent. Ben, uh, ben, a.k.a. Lemon, um, as Ryan likes to call him, he... Uh, He's he's producing, man. He is punting his leg out. So uh, he's. Uh, I don't think we're gonna lose anything on uh, on this on that side of the special team. So Sharif uh, Sharif's got some good weapons there, but uh, yeah, we got to get that field goal kicker because you know you're gonna need him if you're gonna want to win the South and uh, and go play for another Pac-12 championship and win the dang thing. I mean, heck, we only scored three points last time. We need a kicker. <laughs> All right, so that will do it uh, for this episode and our thoughts. 
on basketball and spring football so far. We're looking forward uh, to the red and white game coming up on the 13th. Should be a good one. And wear gold. Wear gold. Wear gold support of the Hayes Tough Foundation with Steve Tate and his son. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? All right, you can find me and all of my wonderful friends on Twitter at Uteman underscore forever. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or you can find a podcast. We are there. You can always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com and go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. Kai-yai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Okay, be ready to jump in. Are we allowed to? Because I know this is like your show, so. Here's your public service announcement. Don't forget to renew your season tickets this month. (laughs) Dynamite take there, Booner. (laughs) (laughs) Got a made-up name. No wonder he sucks.